To be continued, to be continued, a fanboy podcast. Please follow us on Twitter and Facebook. You can also catch us on the various platforms such as iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, and our newly minted YouTube channel. That's to be continued, a fanboypodcast.com. Don't forget to like and subscribe. I'm getting to that. Please remember to like and subscribe. And as always, a five-star rating is appreciated. To Be Continued is an adult podcast for adults by adults. We may talk about superheroes, sci-fi, comic books, and all sorts of similar crap like that, but we may use adult and frank language when we do so. This is not a podcast for kids, brothers and sisters. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to To Be Continued, a fanboy podcast covering your fanboy passions. You're not going to learn anything, but if you stick around... You just might have some fun. And we have just started a new segment. Uh, I'm starting a new podcast called Magnum Talk. It's going to be a spinoff of the show. Uh, and that was the world, that was the world news. Now stay tuned for Magnum Talk. Magnum Talk. <laughs> and we discuss the trials and tribulations of Tom Selleck's Thomas Magnum. No, not at all. Uh, this is, as always, your podcast that covers all things fanboy and the world of fanboyism. Uh, I am Miguel Alejandro Velez, one of your hosts. And I am not Higgins. My name is Edward <laughs> Ian. He, he had a t-shirt specifically I am not printed Higgins. up for that. I'm not Higgins. I'm not your goddamn Higgins. And we are here at the heart of uh, uh, Brooklyn uh, at Pancake Studio with As our always, trusty producer, Jonathan Vergara. Jonathan Vergara. The TC of the group. Because here's the truth. TV. Again, I the T the, the, the TVC of the group, if you will. But yeah, just to put things in context. Yeah, he was the black guy. I go away <laughs> just to put things. Wait, in hold context. on, hold on. We'll put it in wider context. The reason why he's the TC of the group, Ed, is because the show does not exist without TC. Magnum gets nowhere and does nothing if he doesn't have access to the helicopter. Well, it's kind of weird because you saying that he's a black guy, right? I'm the Asian. I think I'm yeah. the black guy. You would be the Lieutenant Tanaka. I don't know what that means. Exactly. Okay. So no one does outside context, of those who watched Magnum recently. I go on vacation for a week. I'm I go to Canada. <laughs> John is like, all I'm what's getting, happened to this thing I've got become part of? Blame what? Canada. And just have pretty much every every text I get is talking about nothing Magnum. but Magnum PI. <laughs> Miguel's been on a Magnum journey, and he's been sucked a into Magnum the Magnum PI if singularity, will. if you will. Magnum Metis. Magnum, Madness. it's Doctor Strange and the multiverse of Magnum. Madness. But we're not talking. I mean, we're not getting into Picard just yet. No, we will be getting to Picard. because we're not. He like he didn't get into sucked into a Picard singularity. No, no. But he got sucked into. I blame the Duffer Brothers because Stranger Things season three has that whole thing. There's something Stranger Things with stranger, uh, stranger, uh with Hopper stranger. obsessed with Magnum. And how long ago did that was July 4th, okay? So I finished up Stranger Things, and and I just started going like, you know, I haven't really watched Magnum in, like, probably since I was a kid. It wasn't even a thing that I watched, like, when it was in syndication. I have a vague memory of watching the early seasons. I confirmed this with my mom that she did watch it all the way through. And by the way, Ed, I also touched base with mom about this. Um, no, she gave up on the new Magnum with Jay Hernandez. Wow, okay. Six you, episodes you said in. that. Six episodes Julia in. Julia Velez uh, yes, was all It didn't, all it didn't grab her as, as, mm. as, as well as she would like, plus she was, uh, she was kind of freaked out by the whole sexual tension between Jay Hernandez Magnum and women, woman Higgins. And I agree with her. That was, that was the wrong call on that one. That was the wrong call. <laughs> it should not have... Because in this day and age, it would have made sense to have like you know him and I don't know homosexual lover Higgins. I think you could have made I think you could have made Higgins homosexual. That would that could have been okay. an interesting thing. But besides that, the whole the whole thing is that Magnum is a very specific thing that people get. That intro has messed everyone's uh, idea of what the show actually is. Because having seen it, and John, uh, it's not a couple episodes. It's an eight-season-long show that I've time. watched. That I've watched nearly every episode of. Ask me which which season I'm on. 
Season eight. I'm on season eight. And this is I'm, I'm this, rounding. This, I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready. The, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And this is and I can see it. And this is the thing. This, is, it, so this comes out of the brainchild of Donald P. Belisario, who also and Glenn Larson produced, <laughs> produced such things, other things as Quantum Leap. Don't make me sing the song yet. Um, no, I'm not. <laughs> uh, what else? Oh, uh, Jag. Yes, Jag. Yes, um, a Belisario is a you know one of those was was. Uh, I believe he's passed. Uh, one of those grand uh, men of old TV. And he's really the guy who brought... Why are we talking about Magnamed? Why are you doing this? Because <laughs> I could go on. I could tell you how uh, Magnum was originally a Belisario uh, 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 story he was trying to sell called H.H. Flynn. That the original name of Magnum's character was Cutter, which was going to be the original title of the show. That the iconic theme song that we think of did not show up until season... Uh, uh, one episode nine. I could go on and on about Magnum. Wow. I don't want to. Listen, we we, we were um, the, other than there. There's these. Uh, it's slew it's of a text. good show, but it's not great. There are these slew of texts that were um, between you, me, and 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 your and your and our buddy Matt <laughs> last um, night. Yes, you know, and how you were at Magnum Anonymous. I was at Magnum Anonymous, and yes. And you were about to pre- to to get <laughs> your three month chip. I was about to get my three month chip because it started it started small, Ed. <laughs> it started small. First it was just I was just watching reruns of the episodes where Tom Selleck uh, guest starred on Friends. Can, can I can I read what you what you texted? <laughs> it's like, you know, like a sponsor says, It's all right, brother. We appreciate you hearing from you. Uh okay, it's my turn. Today we it would be three years since I've watched an episode. This chip is a testament to hard work and dedication. And you go, you know, it all started out innocent. I would rewatch episodes of Friends where Tom Selleck guest starred. Then I was catching Blue Bloods on TNT. But then I discovered all eight seasons of Magnum on Amazon. And my life just got out of control until I found out about the program and turned my life to over to a higher power. <laughs> 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 Hi Miguel. Hi Miguel. <laughs> Magnum is anonymous because because the show's got a lot to offer. Ed, you got Magnum, who's really goofy. This is what I couldn't even in Canada. I couldn't. I couldn't escape this. Yeah, because this is all I got. It's a it's a good, not great show. That's the thing. I'm sucked in watching it, John, because the characters are fun. Mm-hmm. But the show itself is this really mixed bag where I go like these aren't either the mysteries make no sense, have twist endings for or you can't follow them. You can't go, wait, who's well, iconic? This guy? It's iconic, right? You know what I mean? Like um it, that's as what someone the thing, who grew up in the eighties, it's the it was a cult of Selick. Literally iconography, Ed, mm-hmm. because that's the thing. You think of the mustache, you think of the shirts, the tiger's bald cap, the car, the the Ferrari, the estate. Higgins in his various mm. outfits and things like that. The look of the helicopter. But when you actually, and like, you, that's you, the show. The you, intro is all, like, all this iconography coming at you. Boom, 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 boom. Hawaii, the helicopter, the Ferrari. But then the show actually starts, and you're like, wait a minute. Magnum is has a lot more in common with JD on Scrubs than he does like, with again, a hard-bitten, like, ex- and, uh, you know, Navy SEAL, hard-bitten but we PI. Had, we, we had a, an interesting comparison to what Magnum, uh, you call uh, something's wet dream, like a, um, a white, like a... Oh, no, no, it's, a, it's, it's the ultimate male fantasy. Male fantasy, the uh, male, male It's fantasy. a male, white, black, indifferent, it's a male fantasy. Who are you? You are this formidable fellow because you've got the whole Navy SEAL background <laughs> thing, but he's a beach bum. He has zero responsibilities. He's Cato Caitlin. He's Cato Caitlin mixed with a green beret. That's what it is. You are this dude who. Hold on, I'm going to write that down. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on that let me right write, that down. write that down. Cato Caitlin as green beret, question mark. <laughs> These things write themselves. <laughs> but yeah, he paid literally. Lives off the largesse of a millionaire with none of the responsibilities of having never to. Never has any it. money, you say. He never has any money. He gets his friends to do everything for him. It's really them who do the legwork on the show. He's completely irresponsible, but he's got this, you know, disarming charm, and every woman who sees and him after is instantaneously with wet panties. Is, uh, and yeah, week after week, it's a, uh, uh, you know, go help people. 
to a Kanan Kung yeah, Fu. Yeah, you, you have you have a righteous reason for violence because, like I said, he is mowing down a mother effers left and right with zero consequences, mind you. And the, 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 that's like he's like just shooting people, does, and I go like, did he cover up this murder? There are episodes where he straight up like the, the, everyone talks about this one famous episode called "Did You See the Sunrise?" Where literally Magnum, that's it, which by the way was parodied. In that episode of Archer mm. about uh, terms of terms terms of uh, enragement or something, uh, in rampagement or whatever it was, where he says at the end to the bad guy, "Did you see Regis this morning?" That's the ending of an episode of of Magnum, where Magnum tells the tells this Russian uh, ex colonel who had had him in Nam in like a tiger cage who had killed off a buddy of his. Not a buddy from his from Nam, a buddy from him when he lives. He's living in Hawaii, and he basically the guy the guy gives him the whole uh, you know lethal weapon two diplomatic immunity thing. He goes, they will simply assign me to another country. You cannot touch me, Magnum. Diplomatic immunity, <laughs> and Magnum like why the guy walks past him. Magnum's looking all you Wait, know so angry, then, so, and then he turns to him and he goes, Hey, Ivan, did you see the sunrise? Boom! And it's a that's it. No afterwards, no, hey, here's what happened. It's like Magnum just blew this guy right. away. And we're not going to find out anything about yeah, like, zero did, he, did he bury the body? Nope. Did he, what did he tell the right? It just, no. And, and, and that happens I a ask, lot. I have to ask, does he, does he have a license to kill? No, because he's barely a PI. <laughs> there are episodes that are all about Magnum did not have enough money and time to like re-up his like send in the funds to get his PI certification. <laughs> but the whole thing is he's this incredibly likable character who you you get this bond with because he's always talking to the camera. He's always narrating. And this is what it's like. It's Scrubs only action adventure in all honesty. Magnum is JD. Higgins is Dr. Cox. Okay. Uh, Black Scrubs is TC. <laughs> Black Scrubs, of course, is the joke from Family Guy uh, 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 about uh, Turk, uh, who is the other character, who is, who is the Black Scrubs. But anyway, yeah, so um, I, I only we, got a few. I think we lost Miguel. I, got <laughs> lost him. Uh, I only have a few more episodes to go at, so you won't have to, because uh, I got to start in on the boys, which I was supposed to do. You want to ask then, me what I'm drinking? What are you drinking at? Seagram's. Seagram's and I and I'm having macadamia nuts. Hiya, hiya. That's, Jonathan uh, Hillerman is Higgins, ladies and gentlemen. That's not to uh, um, Jonathan Heller. Hillerman, 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 who was Higgins? Yes, of course. Yes. Who, uh, who was did... also a, a figment of the '80s. Had his own commercials back in the '80s. He had Seagram's commercials, uh, and then he also did macadamia nut commercials. Yeah, so I, I suggest just... anyone look them up because he's. It's basically they just told him, "Hey, John, can you play Higgins for us?" And by the way, he was from Texas. <laughs> so kudos to Hillerman because Selleck would talk about, hey, I would like uh, I would go to England from time to time and people would ask me, where in the UK is John Hillerman from? And I guess even the name sounds vaguely British. <laughs> and I say, hey, what's that bloke called John Hillerman from? And he's like, he's not. He's, he's from he's Texas. He's like... <laughs> So, uh, oh yeah, acting, yeah. acting, because because by the way, John Hillerman gets a chance on the show to really stretch it because Ed, Ed, remember, remember, Hillerman does not just play Higgins, he plays all of Higgins' illegitimate brothers. <laughs> yes, John, on the show, Higgins is like no, this no, no, very it's, proper. It's, he's a very we're proper done. major domo of the place where uh, Magnum lives, and then every once in a while, one of his half brothers show up. Whom also John Hillerman plays in those doing it. So he's that's got like, also very, he's got Texan brother. He's got Irish priest brother. He's got Don Luis Higgins that's, that's, from like a fictional a very, South American country. That is a very American. He played his own father, Ed. That's a very, <laughs> very a, 80s. That's very Americana ish TV tropish very right? very because 80s TV. Yes. Like, um, yeah. And that goes back to like, you know, uh, Bewitched where. Wait a minute, Samantha has has, uh, uh, has like a super evil sister. hot but evil sister. Yeah, you know, so who's just anyway. it's just her with black hair. We oh. are here today. <laughs> Let us get Why? off. Why we are here today? Why to, are we here today? To, it's not to talk about Magnum. No, it's, it's not to, to talk. talk about it's basically, we're gonna catch up on all the news that that's come out of San Diego Comic Con 2019. Well, not all the news. We're gonna basically well, boil it down news. to 
We're going to boil it down to a handful of some of the trailers, mm -hmm. but mostly we will be talking about Marvel Studios' uh, announcements of what's coming down the pike for the MCU. And we will stuff, do that. A lot of stuff has dropped. A lot and of we will dropped. do that after some words from friends. Ed, you know, uh, we were over your place the other day and uh, you were having some work done down there in the basement, right? Yeah, so I've got a basement. I, I know it's really unbelievable here in Brooklyn, but uh, I've got a basement uh, and my wife has an office downstairs. But our we had our bathroom basement done and um, Anna Maria Stanimir Grumo, a friend of the podcast who lives out in France, she consults and she says, hey, let me design your your basement bathroom. And that's exactly what she did. She did everything um, via email, via FaceTime. Did the renderings like, and everything, right? Renderings and everything, a completely beautiful. I took the renderings and uh, hired a contractor and they are currently putting, the, as we're speaking, putting the finishing touches on my basement. And it looks fantastic. It looks great. Servicing clients domestic international. A master's here to help you through your different phases to transform your space into a reflection of you. Go to masterdesign.com. That is a master spelled A-M-A-S-T-A design. <sighs> oh, what's the matter, Miguel? Uh, I feel fat, Ed. I feel the same way, too. Oh, you too, John? Yeah. You guys, you both you guys need to get in shape. And a way to go about this is by going with JP Total Fitness. JP Total Fitness? What's that? Uh, our pal, Jonathan Padilla, a friend of the show, uh, runs a Brooklyn-based personal training and remote coaching service committed to leading you becoming stronger and faster. Go to jptotalfitness.com. All right. And those were words from friends. So this episode, we will be talking about us uh, the news of uh, Marvel's uh, upcoming slate. Uh, phase four, if you will, which ironically did not have uh, the fan a Fantastic Four film in it, though Kevin Feige did, of course, talk about the Fantastic Four. Hall H coming up. Um, did give us a lot, a plethora of things. Uh, Kevin Feige comes out and announces their phase four timeline uh, with some that were not so surprising, but some that were very, that were very. Well, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, there was there's a lot going on there's a lot planned and. We're we're very pleased. At least I I'm 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 pretty pleased. But at the same time, we're going. See, I'm surprised oh, okay. at that because um uh, uh there's a lot uh and I really am. I didn't know you were interested in like the upcoming slate of movies, uh be, just because so much of it is there's well, admit, a lot of inside baseball here. Well, I admit to say the same. There's like, a lot example, of obscure Eternals, stuff. I know zilch about Eternals. Right. I know of the Eternals, but. Again, it's not necessarily a very popular thing, right. even, even as a comic book reader. No, to really no. Really grab onto, right? But a lot of um, they were casting um, uh, that were announced. So they brought out the um, the cast. Yeah. So let's talk about that first. The Eternals uh, movie. Now, um, this is the upcoming movie from uh, from Marvel. Uh, the director is uh, Chloe Zhao. Uh, it has an incredibly diverse cast. Um, that he opened, that Feige opened uh, the presentation with the Eternals really shows they're doubling down on diversity. Because you have got a cast that includes Angelina Jolie, Richard Madden, but also Kumail Nanjiani, uh, Lauren Ridloff, who is deaf, Brian Tyree Henry, who's a black man, uh, Salma Hayek, uh, Leah McHugh, uh, Don Lee, who uh, is a, um, a, a Korean actor, and... It's really, really like you go like, wow, they are really making uh, pains uh, to have a diverse cast. And also look at the director who is uh, a, she's, a, a, she's, she's, she's of Asian. She's um, Asian ancestry mm -hmm. and she's a female director mm -hmm. and for then, this and project, which is very which is diverse in that nobody knows who the hell these characters are. And not only that with the, with the characters, but also, like you said, with the director, um, they're going for the small time indie directors. Not, who, not too dissimilar to John Watts mm -hmm. of, uh, of Marvel's Spider-Man. And of course, you know, for us, we go, well, that's because they're, yeah. I mean, the, the, the other side of the argument would be, Oh, they're not just choosing visionary indie 
uh, filmmakers, but they're choosing filmmakers who are willing to follow the um, who are who are willing to take the marching orders. Right? I think that that is there is something to that. You can't hand over something this risky. No, no. I mean, you could hand uh, hang, hand over something this risky to a well-established director, but they're going to have their own ideas. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt that, in my opinion, that Feige does choose some of these people with the idea that, okay, look, we're giving you a big chance here. We're giving you a big shit that you can cash in anywhere. But, <laughs> but, but you got to do certain things, guidelines. follow certain things that we're going to tell you, yeah. include certain elements that we're going to absolutely... Mm-hmm. Because they, there are a lot of things that, that they have to comply to. For example, and we were talking about this yesterday, like uh, w- w- a day will come when they when Marvel Studios will have to address the uh, the PG-13 issue, mm-hmm. which ultraviolence, which this, this will get to that later yeah. on with one of the announcements uh, at this Comic-Con. But as for this film, the Eternals, John, you don't you've never heard of the Eternals. You don't know who they are. You don't know. What's funny is, is that they, as a mythology, are st- should be ultra central to Marvel comic books, but they've never found their footing. They've never really found their audience. And the ideas of the Eternals, for anyone who doesn't know, is that basically Jack Kirby, who is a name you've heard before many times, is one of the co-creators of so many things from Marvel, had left Marvel. Um. Then he comes back. He makes this big return in the in the late 70s, right? And one of the things he wanted to do was Kirby had this idea of, you know what? These things should not be just like go on forever. Kirby was very, he had a lot of artistic pretensions in some of his stuff, especially his solo work. And he was like, there should be self-contained stories. There should be, these creations that I created should even end. So he comes up with uh, this idea that he first tries sort of in in DC Comics after he leaves Marvel. He does the New Gods. And literally in the New Gods, it's about, well, the, there was a, came a day when the old gods die. The old gods are never named. But I will say this, literally in a DC comic book, when you have these New Gods characters checking out like a place of devastation, a place where the old gods died, they pick up a helmet. It's Thor's helmet. Like, he was, like, saying, no, 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 these stories should end, and then something new should grow out of them, and on and on and on. New gods never quite found their fitting either. He comes back to Marvel, but he's obsessed with sort of this space god, this sort of intervention from the outside, big cosmic themes, and he comes up with the Eternals. And the Eternals eventually do get, they were supposed to be separate from Marvel, like, outside of their continuity, and then they get integrated into it. And uh, the basic idea is there are these cosmic beings, these giants. And when I mean giants, they are huge. They are, you know, skyscraper tall or taller beings who are called the Celestials. They are silent. You never hear them. You never know what's on their mind, really. Why are they doing what they're doing? But they go from planet to planet throughout the universe where life has evolved. And then they tinker with it genetically on a genetic level. And in their tinkering, they produce something. (laughs) They produce, um, on Earth, they produce these two offshoots, and then they mess with normal human beings as well, which usually ends up performing like a third offshoot. So... Offshoot number one and are in the process. The, uh, the you know there's drama between them and some of the right. The, the, so the big, one of the regular well, the regular uh, Marvel right, right. characters. So their first offshoot are the Eternals, which is the name of this you know what this this movie is going to be. And the Eternals are basically Im- nigh immortal, perfected beings. Each of them having the same base abilities, but then through training and whatnot. Some of them excel in one thing over the other. So one might use his inborn abilities to give himself great speed. Other might have transmutation of matter. One might, I have great strength or whatever. What they this? fight a group called the Deviants, which is sort of like uh, the Danny DeVito to their Arnold Schwarzenegger, if you will. <laughs> and the Deviants are also long-lived, and they are these grotesque, horrible creations. And they have various varying powers, too. 
but they also have uh, gross deformities. And uh, Kirby's idea is like, well, all the stories of angels and higher gods in mankind's history, those are the Eternals. And all the stories of demons and creatures who live below ground and yada, yada, you know, de devils, and, uh, those are the deviants, all right? And he even ended up giving them names which had, like, sort of semi, if you squint, you could see, oh, that's supposed to be this. So there's a character called Makari, Mercury, Icarus, Icarus, Athena, yeah, yeah. Athena. Well, which brings me to Gilgamesh. Now, we know, like, as a, Gilgamesh as, as, forgotten. A, as a comic book reader in my childhood... Gilgamesh to forgotten, and it's safe to say Kirby did not invent Gilgamesh, right? He's, you know, for you kids out there, eventually you'll get to college and read about that. But that's besides <laughs> the point. Um, he wasn't, there, there once was a time where there was Gilgamesh like a D, to forgotten. There was a D, a D team, like a D leveled Avengers set, uh, lineup. It had the captain. Uh, <laughs> Steve Rogers as a captain, basically the, the captain, not the, in, in the blue um, the the blue uniform, Thor, Reed Richards, Sue Storm, and Gilgamesh the Forgotten One. And you're like, this is the God, latest. man. You are bringing me back because I forgot how. Here's a cover right here. I forgot how <laughs> rando that was. Yeah. And I'm like, what is this lineup? Why do I want to read it? <laughs> but, but like but, this Marvel, basically, and I I never, never really knew what to do with these characters. I never I never did I think I'd ever live to see the day that they'd cast a guy from Train to Busan right, as, as Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh, much less, right? So, yeah, like you say, and, and they're, they're going all out with the diversity. And there it says, this is a super deep cut. But here's the thing, John. It does offer some interesting things because one of the other things about the Eternals mythology is this. They mess with gen the genetic, you know, basically like Homo erectus almost. Let's put it that way. Like... A long time ago, where this is long in man's evolutionary theory. And one of the things when they messed with that also produced the mutant gene. The celestials are why there are mutants. Okay. The and Kevin deviants and the Eternals are not mutants. They are genetically engineered properly from this. This is a case of they did something to human genetics that over the course of human evolution eventually produces Wolverine, Magneto, Professor X, and everything Kevin else. Feige does close, by the way, at Hall H by saying, as the crowd was clapping at, you know, the, the, the cast of, of, of actors that, that they brought out for the whole entire Phase 4 lineup, and he says, we didn't even talk about Fantastic Four. We didn't even have time to, to, to talk about X-Men. See you later. <laughs> Right, but, but he's that's, dropping. Right, he's but dropping. That's, but that's my know, point: is that you Easter could end up having this film as your back door into explaining the MCU mutants. So even though this is a very deep cut and it's very super obscure and people do not know it, it could have wide ranging ramifications for the rest they, of the Marvel they, universe. Well, you know, I guess they're they're doubling down on. Um, with with a stellar cast like this, and as I said, a diverse they cast. Yeah, they got to really bone up on the writing because it, it all comes down to that. You basically have to turn uh, something that's kind of turdy in a comic book world. It's never and, found its footing. Yeah, yeah, you know, and 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 they have to turn that into gold, which you know they they can do. Guardians of the Galaxy, right? They're, they've they've turned that. Now, my question is: is however, as a comic book fan, what do you do? Do you go jokey with this? I'm not sure that that cast uber drama. You like yeah. I kind of think that the story of uh, John. You tell me what I just told you. Do you think that lends itself to the funny ha-has every five seconds, or does it sound like bat s crazy sci-fi, but still like serious sci-fi? Something where I'm going like, all right, I can tell. Basically, you. you're telling all the kiddies out there, hey, do you like Captain America? <laughs> Do you like Quicksilver? Do you like all these well, other yeah. characters? It's because of the space gods. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like you kind of have to get at least give it some gravitas. I mean, already, like, um, I, I, Angelina Jolie, Richard Madden, uh, Sama Hayek. Sama Hayek, like, yeah. These Brian, are not. Brian Tyree Henry, you know, these are dramatic. These are uh, some of these guys. Brian Tyree Henry. Already a uh, from theater, but we also know him from Atlanta. He's also the he was also in 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 Book of Mormons. Um, 
Kumail Nanjani, he's on the rise, but you know, yes, for he, both doing comedic stuff, but also dramatic stuff. Yeah, you know. So yeah, I mean, it, like my bets on them going uber, uh, uber dramatic. I would hope so. I hope so. Shakespearean to a point. I want it to be big. I want it to be epic. I don't want it to be Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Uh, the next, the next project that they announced was uh, the first of their Marvel Disney Plus series, which was uh, the Falcon and uh, Winter Soldier. Yeah. And you know they bring out Mackie. They bring out Sebastian Stan. This is what I heard, um, and I don't know if this is confirmed or not, that um, a very general storyline is because Sam Wilson's already been handed the shield. Right. We're picking up from, from Endgame, the end of Endgame. And there's going to be less ex- acceptance of him. Right. So that's that's going to be the battle. Right. You know, it's like. And I think that's the way to go, yeah. because that's actually that's the truth, yeah. <laughs> because the online everyone's like, I don't know. Why do they have to end cap story that way? Why do they give it to Sam? He's just a normal guy, blah, blah, blah. Not counting the fact that this has been done in the comics countless times. I can already see over, and over you know, Captain America's 80 year history. It, and people are like, I can't believe they handed the shield off to somebody. How many times has it actually happened in the comics? But supposedly the Ur text that we're supposed to respect above all others. It's happened. People get over it. A black guy's Captain America. Move on with your life. But it doesn't sound like yeah. that. That um, it's going to be a Sam versus uh, Bucky story, you know. I hope um, not. I hope not. What might work is Sam. I don't know. Uh, he's uh, he he has to hide from. Well, you know, well. Uh, th- there down. was a first. There was a f- there was a first talking about this that it would include the character of U.S. Agent, which in the comics, John. Here's the deal. <laughs> John here, Cena. John Cena. I Ed. Yes. Absolutely yes. I'm not one I'm of these sorry, guys that only goes for. Did I just say something? I don't really go for it. But okay, so in the comics, John, there was a character who I'm I'm gonna get this reversed. He's either John Walker, John Walker, or Jack Daniels. I forget uh, which Walker. it is. I know him as John Walker. Right, it's John Walker. Yes, yes. Because but they had to hide his identity. He goes oh, from John Jack. Walker <laughs> to Jack Daniels. I'm not even joking, John. Mark Grunewald, I love you, but you went too <laughs> cute with that one. God bless you. He's up there with the angels now. Now, um, whiskey in the comics. There was a there was a uh, a superhuman uh, commission in the United States government that basically goes to Steve Rogers and says, "Look, here's the truth. Captain America as a thing belongs to the United States government. We created the super soldier serum. We made the shield. We came up with the identity. Yada 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 yada. And they say, if you want to continue on as Captain America, you're going to have to do." what we say, go on the missions that we want. Otherwise, we're revoking you as Captain America. We're revoking Steve Rogers, all the mil- all the support he gets from the United oh States God, government. I, just, I mean, everything here right, what, that we're talking about, my mind is blown. What you're talking about, basically. Now, one thing that's been kind of missing from the whole Captain America, Captain America storyline here is the nomad aspect of it. Right. These two guys, they are, they yeah. are the nomads. They'll be the men without a country, right? So and therefore, there will be a. T- I, I and I hope to God that Bucky gets to. We see him with the shield at one point, or that they sort of sharing the shield, and they kind of are really. I I think it'd be know? interesting to see what they do in terms of Bucky's characterization. Yeah. But continue as I was saying. So sorry about that. U.S. Agent is what happens is Steve Rogers says he like doesn't fight it. He's like, oh my God, you guys are kind of right and so he ends up handing over all everything about captain america to them because like he can't be an effective he's not going to knuckle under and he can't be an effective uh fighter of against crime because he doesn't want to be controlled but the truth is he does need government contacts Mm -hmm. he does need the support of the military and law enforcement yada yada and what they end up doing and i think this is very interesting is they end up finding this other guy and he's very much a right wing caricature of what like people who don't know who Steve Rogers is think square jawed Captain America should be. And he's a reactionary mm. and he's very shoot first, you know, think later. He's a he's a very much an America love it or leave it guy. And he is Captain America for a period. And, Ka- and Steve Rogers assumes the mantle of what he just calls himself the captain. He gets a replacement shield. Uh, his captain uniform is this black uniform, black and red uniform. He gets a replacement shield from Tony Stark. So he's still in the game. 
but this other guy's Captain America for a period of time. Now, that would mean that eventually they have to switch roles. Steve Rogers does become Captain America again, and then this other guy takes the black captain suit and he re- gets renamed U.S. agent, and he's basically the United States government sanctioned Captain America type Plot-wise, character. Wise, I can I, I wonder whether they'll they'll rope uh, Thunderbolt Ross back. Because could be, could you know, be. I mean, but he's, I think he's douchebag. You know, more like, importantly, this is the thing: you can do something about commentary about America with this. First, first with the idea of if they go with the, like a reactionary Captain America. But even if you don't, just go with the reaction what to I'm, what I'm Sam is, Wilson as Captain America. What I'm saying is, like from from past storylines, you know, Thunderbolt Ross has been kind of just putting limits on Captain America or the Avengers or whatever. Right. And, and it'll but, be, it'll and be then, about, then you have to, and then not, not only that, but he's got the ties to the whole, yeah. the whole, uh, um, uh, the super the soldier program. Super soldier program. Let's say someone like John Cena comes in. We're going to, we're here. We are. Uh, we're going to restart the super soldier program. We're going to find that we're guy. Find that guy. He goes ape. Somehow that just ends up, uh, um, um, uh, reverses um, th- that somehow um, sabotages Thunderbolt Ross's plans. At some point, he's going to have to go. It's up to you guys, it's Sam. A- right? Yeah, exactly. Bucky, you know. Now, but I'm a- saying you can do something that is has actual meat to it, mm. more than just oh, here's another superhero type story. Yeah. Here's like, well, what does it mean to be Captain America? What did it take to be Captain America for Steve Rogers? Was it just the soul? Was it just the serum? Is that what it takes to be Captain America? And more importantly, what does it mean to be an American in a world where America is so much more diverse and so much more divided? Mm. I think that you can do something with series. And of course, probably the biggest other thing is that announced at Comic Con was that you're talking the return of Thunderbolt Ross. They don't need a, a new villain or behind yeah. the scenes. Mm-hmm. They've got a villain. They got a villain. Brule as Zemo. Which yeah, is, what's... I first of all, Zemo is one of the best. He might be the best villain in in the MCU because he actually accomplished what he said he was going to do. He does break up the Avengers. He's the one who sets the table for Thanos. All the crap, all the cosmic beings and stuff that Thanos throws at Earth, all the stuff, Ultron, yada yada, to breaking up the this the one Avengers. dude just did it. Mm-hmm. And no powers, no anything, just, just his vengeance, cunning. Right. Vengeance and cunning, his commitment. And here he is. They're going to bring him back. Brule is a, Daniel Brule is an amazing actor mm-hmm. who I don't think has really gotten his due. And so who knows um, where this leads because we'll get to this in some, one of the other series. I don't think that the, I think that there's a reason Feige premieres this Disney Plus stuff with the movies. I think that's very, very telling. So who knows if these characters are going to return back later on. Mm. All right. Next on the hit parade. We're, I guess, you I guess said we're going to go, you know, go Thor. No, that's what we're you know, you know, Shang-Chi. All right. This, um, but before we get into Shang-Chi, we're going to take a little rest and have some words from friends. I love our logo. No, really. I love our logo. The To Be Continued Fanboy Podcast logo was provided to us by friend of the show, Matt Sulkowski, who also runs MSD Studios. And what does Matt do at MSD Studios? He provides positive reinforcement for your brand. Located in Philadelphia, Matt has worked with clients of all sizes and has helped them to focus on designs for campaigns, rebrands, and new brands. Get in touch for your next project, MSD Studios. That's msdstudios.com. Hello out there, everyone. My name is Miguel Alejandro Velez. And Edward Ng here. And we are the host of To Be Continued, a fanboy podcast. As anyone knows, we are based out of the Park Slope, Brooklyn-based Pancake Studios, providing to us by one Jonathan Vergara. Ed, what can they expect to get out of Pancake Studios? Here at Pancake Studios, covering your audio recording, production, 
mixing and mastering needs. And Jonathan is a complete wizard when it comes to these things. Uh, we Coming this month, it would be our third year anniversary. And uh, he's made a home for us here and continues to produce quality. Look no further. Pancake Studios. Go to www.pancakestudios.net. So uh, another thing that dropped at uh, Hall H, um, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Um, this is, um, again, one of those properties that, you know, Miguel and I, we, we've talked about and said, you know what? Um, there's just not much to know about Shang-Chi other than the fact that, you know, as comic book readers, he's, he's Bruce Lee, basically. This is another, this is another, this is another deep cut. And, uh, uh, directed by, um, Dustin Daniel and who's from Hawaii, (laughs) like Magnum. (laughs) What about five O? What about Hawaii five O? But let's not get into that. Right. Uh, uh, Dustin Daniel and Cretan, Cretan. That's a one name. That's a that's he's a one named. Okay. Oh no, that's the whole entire name, Dustin Daniel Cretan, right? Right. You know. Okay, so they casted, and I am kind of glad, and I, I'm very pleased by the casting. So far, we only have three on the list. On if you go to IMDb, you'll see Simu Liu, who. Uh, for many here in the states, do not know, um, is a star of a Canadian sitcom called Kim's Convenience. Very funny, um, um, Korean family living in Canada. He's Aqua- got the look, though. He's got, He's the, got look. the look. He's yeah. also stuntman. So yes. there, you, you can know. find his like a, a very him doing various things on YouTube and. You know his his social media yeah. presence, and he's like, okay, you got the moves. Because chances are that they're not gonna they're not gonna cast like a like a Ken Jong to to be Shang Chi or anything like that. You know, I mean, that's just how it is. Aquafina, uh, she's another one of these um, Asian. Take that Asian. Mandarin, motherfucker! <laughs> she's another Aquafina is another one of these uh, these these a- these actors actresses who are on the rise, and. This completely blew my mind as the Mandarin himself and the real Mandarin, not the fake Mandarin. Yes. Okay. Because the, the title does say The Legend of the Ten Rings. Tony Leung Tzu Wai. And, and what has this man done in, in if, Chinese Hong Kong? And yeah, I can understand, you know, uh, if you're listening to this, uh, you may not be like me where you uh, grew up in the 80s um, in a very Chinese household. Watching Hong Kong um, films, watching Hong Kong uh, TV programs. Uh, Tony Leung is a veteran, a veteran. He's the Clark Gable of Hong Kong, and he's had a very illustrious career um, uh, in basically name, name, everything. Name, name, anything. Me, name me his, 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 his biggest role. Well, look, his, 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 um, as a, a movie actor, uh, along with um, Leslie, Leslie Chung, who also passed away. Um, uh, uh, geez, I need to bring that up. Um, well, most, most recently is the, the Grandmaster, which is another telling of the Yip Man story. Um, but a very gutsy, um, uh, a string of gutsy movies, uh, that were directed by, um, Wong Gawai. Okay. In a Mood for Love. Um, uh, he was also in Infernal Affairs. Yes. Infernal uh, Affairs, for those who don't know, is, is Chunking what was- Express. These Chunking are great. These are movies that people go to film school and study, you know. Infernal Affairs was quite a while ago, wasn't it? Yeah, and Infernal so Affairs, which like ended a, up being becoming um, uh, the um, what's the movie with Nicholson and DiCaprio by Scorsese? By Scorsese, I'm forgetting the the Departed. The Departed, right? So that's so yeah. I mean, Scorsese is aping the movies that this man has done. So. Marvel went for, and this is just the tip of the iceberg on the movie. Marvel's going for a brass ring here. I think they want a Black Panther-style hit. I think they are aiming, once again, for that diverse market. And um, they're making a sow's purse, uh, a sow's purse, a, a silk purse out of a sow's ear because they're reusing this thing which could have been very, two things that could have been very toxic. And they're making an alchemy here, perhaps. Because you have the Mandarin. John, the Mandarin in the comic books is like Iron Man's Lex Luthor, basically. But he's a yellow peril stereotype in many ways. Now, I think that there's a lot of cool stuff you can do with the Mandarin. He's like this um, 
basically he's like a modern day like Genghis Khan type who has these ten rings that are, each of them have like different. I'm I'm sorry. This for some reason this scenario. This scenario just popped up in my head when you said that. Okay. And like Yellow uh, Peril. Yellow Peril. Uh, uh, Tony Starks goes to like a Chinese restaurant and he gets a fortune cookie and it's like, you're going to die soon. And he's like, damn you, man. He's just a waste. Well, even the fact that. I didn't order Chinese broccoli. Well, even the fact that the character, the the villain is called the Mandarin. The Mandarin. Well, Ed, I mean, I don't think, I think there's sometimes, and I shouldn't put words in your mouth, you are the Asian American here. But I do think you can go too far with being too sensitive about certain things. Oh, yeah, sure. You know what I mean? Um, But at the same time, like I said, it's problematic. Okay? Now, Shang-Chi is no less problematic. Yes, he's he's no less, you know, an exploitation creation than, say, Iron Fist. But here's the thing, John. You've heard of the name Fu Manchu, right? Fu Manchu is a separate literary creation. Marvel decided, hey, we want to get in on some of that Fu Manchu action. <laughs> I say that incredulously. And and they and they what they did is and it's also basically it's a but Fu Manchu is also a character, another yellow peril, evil Asian crime overlord. Okay, who is like you know white slavery, opium, all this other all these. Oh, you mean the hand? Let me get to that. Okay, because here's the deal. In the comic, Shang-Chi is Fu Manchu's son. And the idea is he, you know, rebels against his father, who is this evil, you know, yellow peril stereotype. Thanks, Jim Starlin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Doug Munch, I believe. Doug uh, Munch. Englehart and Starlin. Englehart and Starlin, yeah. really. Oh, but but I think a lot of the, the stuff was, was Munch. Anyway, so um, here's the problem, okay? You can't have a yellow peril stereotype in the 21st century. What they've done is they decide, well, we don't have the rights to Fu Manchu, and that's uh, this really bad yellow peril stereotype anyway, but we did introduce this Ten Rings terrorist organization. We had this whole fake out in Iron Man 3, and then a Marvel one-shot mini-movie that said, no, 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 there is a real Mandarin, and people kind of forgot about that. And now it's like, hey, here's what we're going to do. Shang-Chi is not Fu Manchu's son. We're going to make him the Mandarin's son. And we're going to perform some kind of alchemy here. And I am all for it. Um, I think that it's another market demographic that you can go for. I think and it's they another have to be kind of genre. Uber sensitive because, I mean, if you're if if nowadays, if your movie is defined by overseas money. Right. You know, <laughs> right. You know, that 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 basically uh, that basically will say, you know, whether you are your movie is a, a blockbuster hit or not. Mm hmm. And it's by overseas money. Then you have to really, uh, um, you really have to uh, be relevant in that sense. And, and the Chinese market is really making and breaking these movies too, because they're they're, they're the ones they're who are funding massive. some of it. Tens like nowadays, I'm like, what? When? No, did- not about just funding, but like also their audience participation. Like they they can make a movie hit the billion dollar mark. Mm-hmm. They are they are the difference. They they can be the debt difference between this film did seven hundred, or it did as you say, a billion dollars, or even if not, it could be the difference between a movie like, oh my God, we sunk $150-200 million into this into this film. Domestically in the US, it's barely made. It's budget bat. Maybe not. But once we get those overseas numbers, yeah. we're sitting pretty. Now it now it suddenly has become a hit. So yeah, obviously there's a the diversity play is the not market share has changed. Right. Yeah. And so it's not just you know, a high-minded social justice warrior thing. It's not just, isn't it great that we're being diverse for the sake of diversity? It's there are practical money, reasons. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There are practical reasons. And you don't want to turn off like a billion and a half. Right. The Pacific. Uh, the, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The Pacific and the Asian market are gigantic. And, you know, what they're going to. There's a recent movie that broke a billion that I, um, I, I mentioned the other day, but I, I, I kind of escaped me. Not, by the way, has nothing to do. That's separate from Avengers that just. Um, that just broke. Um, no, Ed, it's still, th- they're still $38 million or something away from Avatar, Ed. 
Yeah, I looked that up. Really? Yeah, they still they had in the re-release. They still need to get like thirty five million. Dollars. The news that they broke a billion. No, I mean, they no, not that they broke. No, uh, they Avatar. they still got like I I think like thirty five million or something to go. Was it's it? a minor. It's a minor thing. Ed. Yeah. It doesn't matter. All Moving right, on. I don't know what film you were talking about either. <laughs> when you said yeah, was it Lion King? I don't know. It was. It was. It was a. It was a comic book, comic book genre. I think. Okay, I don't know well, what it is, but moving on. But yeah, so Chang Chi. Here's what are your hopes for it? Ed? They're gonna have to reinvent the wheel, right? You know, because the whole you know yuff yuff. I'm gonna I can't do Tony Leung, but maybe he'll he'll say something along the lines of. Little do you know of your origins, Chang Chi. You know. Join me. Join me. Your father, Fu Manchu. Dun, dun, dun. You know, I mean, it's has to be more than that, right? It has to be something more. Well, I'm, I, and, and we don't know the rest of the cast yet either. You know, um, I personally. Ken Jong. <laughs> if he doesn't play <laughs> Shang-Chi's mentor, I mean, there's no use. I, I, there's no, I, I won't even watch this movie. I am hoping they do. I hope they do pull a Black Panther. I hope they pull in. James Hong, I hope they pull in uh, uh, Carrie Ogawa. I hope they make it an all-star character actor Asian and, and, and Asian fest, you, know, you know, just bring all those guys in. Because uh, we all look alike, too. To <laughs> How is that known? What did I, that isn't even what I said. See, I, I wasn't putting a finger at you. I'm pointing the finger at... Uh, general society. General, general society. <laughs> but uh, um, I... <laughs> I blame society. I... um. Here's what I hope. I hope it is a complete, and I don't care. I hope it's a complete um, Bruce Lee pastiche. I mean, I hope it basically is. You I hope it doesn't piss off Shannon Lee. <laughs> okay. And you know what I'm talking about. I know. No, you're not, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I hope it's a complete, total Bruce Lee pastiche that is basically like, hey, that you, did you like Enter the Dragon? And wish we could make Enter the Dragon in like a modern day with a $175 million budget. Mm. This is what we're doing. And we can do that. Um, I don't want him to have powers. He has powers sort of more or less recently introduced in the comics where he can make like multiple copies of himself, which I don't even, I don't yeah, even yeah, get that. Yeah. It should just be he's the master of Kung Fu and that allows him to operate on the level of the Avengers. And most interesting is the fact in the comics, Shang-Chi has become an Avenger. So I think we are seeing the early stages of, okay, what's that next team going to be looking like? You talked about... Well, there's an Avengers team with the Captain and Gilgamesh and like John, you know, in the comics, it wasn't always all the heavy hitters. In the comics, there have been funky periods with these sort of all-star superhero teams like Justice League and Avengers, where it's kind of like, you know, you go like the Justice League is Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman. But there was a time when the Justice League was the Martian Manhunter and Blue Beetle and Booster Gold. And you know who none of these people are. <laughs> oh, what's this? What's that? Oh, Tra Childish Gambino has been casted as Black Belt Jones. <laughs> What's that? Oh, because uh, you said uh, Enter the Dragon in the in the contemporary. Might as house. well. No. Might as well. I think it would be very interesting. Are they going to bring him as Leroy? <laughs> oh my god! So they're going to re totally rewrite it. So it's the so it's the Shogun of Harlem is the new bad guy. It's got, oh, we'll see. You we'll will see. miss all of its heavenly glory. glory. Now, uh, next up on the uh, chopping block is the another series, uh, the Disney Plus, which was WandaVision. Yeah, bringing back mm -hmm. Elizabeth Olsen, and um, uh, who's who's uh, who's the Vision again? Uh, Paul Pettney. Uh, Paul Pettney. Mm -hmm. Right. Now, last we saw of both of those characters, the Vision had been destroyed in Infinity War, and uh, uh, Scarlet Witch uh, almost uh, uh, curb stomped Thanos <laughs> before being interrupted, and now we're like, well, where are we going to go with these characters? And you know, uh, spoiler alert, Paul Bettany. The Vision is going to be alive again. I mean, this is just a given, okay? He's he a might synthetic be, he creature. He might be white. Because, he might, yeah, he might yeah. be white and emotionless because that's a thing from the comics. Um, there might be real magic involved. There might be mutancy involved. We don't know. There might be something about resurrecting her brother Quicksilver. Um, and uh, as of yesterday, we uh, this guy texted yeah. me that they casted Monica Rambeau. And we're not talking about a uh, Monica Rambeau as Mon a child from okay. from Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel, you, you who's uh, Lashana uh, Lynch's uh, daughter in in the film. But they casted an adult, an adult version. So Taylor it's been the Paris. '90s. That character has now grown older. So remember the little girl who was uh, uh, Carol Danvers's uh, yeah. quote unquote friend. friend. 
friend, friend. lesbian friend. <laughs> Suggest. <laughs> um, and so that character is now grown up by now, and she's going to be introduced in this series. And that character does get her own level of superpowers. Mm. At one point, incredibly powerful. She was Captain Marvel. She, she was. She was actually Captain my Captain Marvel. Right. Of that the you 80s, grew up with from right? the eighties and the leader of the Avengers. She was. She was. All right. And, People talk about and then you know at some uh, point they yeah named because a black woman was a leader photon, of the Avengers. To yeah, they never spectrum. could quite then after a while really know what to do with that character, but. They're introducing her in this WandaVision show, which goes into the next part of it, which is um, like, who knows where this is going to go, what characters they're going to introduce. Um, I thought and I, I thought there was going to be a tie to uh, to Doctor Strange. I'm getting to that. Right. OK. OK. So we're introducing this character, Monica Rambeau. Could this be part of her origin? And then could this simply be, hey. We're building something here on Disney Plus. This is going to appear later on. We're building the new team of Avengers before your eyes. You don't even know it. You know, because Photon is extreme. Monica Rambeau is extremely powerful. Mm -hmm. You would absolutely want her in a big budget film to see what she can do. Like, that's not just like, oh, let's have her as kind of a supporting character on the show. It doesn't make any sense to introduce to me to introduce her that way. But then the next thing is that Yes, almost immediately, as soon as WandaVision drops on Disney+, Plus, only weeks or months later, essentially, Doctor Strange is going to come out, and events of WandaVision will play into that, and Wanda, the Scarlet Witch, will be appearing in Doctor Strange, too, the in the multiverse yep, yep. of madness. Uh, so how does that work out exactly? Um... Uh, uh, the bad guy was rumored for a long time to be Nightmare for uh, in the Multiverse of Madness, but, mm. you know, I think it's still early goings. Um, bringing in Wanda means, okay, is she a sidekick character? Are they essentially... Here's my question. Are they essentially replacing Clea with Wanda? Uh, well, I, I'm just trying to think. Will they bring in Betty White as Agatha Har Harkness? <laughs> Edward Edward why why must you why say must I be tampering with time no yes. why must you say things Please. that are absolutely completely and totally perfect all the time <laughs> because MCU Agatha Harkness MCU knows MCU one thing. Agatha Harkness probably fucking would be Betty White or Betty White like <laughs> to say the least I mean I mean, God you can damn, go the other, you, you, I bow yeah, to you and, you. The, and the Buddha nature within you. Thank you. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so we're getting the new Doctor Strange that is going to take some elements from this Disney Plus show, which is already, like I said, introducing a character that you kind of have to use later on. You have the Captain America, uh, the uh, uh, I'm sorry, the, the Falcon and Winter Soldier show, which is bringing something from the movies to a streaming show but which then might also have ramifications for things going forward. I think that he is all in on this Disney Plus thing. And the integration, the the corporate integration of it and the synergy of it all, I think we're going to be more surprised than not. I don't think this is going to be like, oh, it kind of, sort of. I think that we might see them betting the farm that, okay, did you like Endgame? You're going to want to follow what happens with a lot of these other characters from Endgame. We're going to get all those subscription rates, but also we are counting on you now to be like, you're going to watch this and you're going to have this information and that's going to fill in gaps when you see this next film. I wonder we won't have to do a whole, what's Wanda been up to? How does she get these powers? How is she this now? We're going to assume you signed up for the service you at, at least a bunch of at least enough of you that will be able to tell all your friends in the theater who's that what's going on why is she doing that now i remember but she wasn't like that oh they had a show and blah 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 so that they won't have to do any heavy lifting in the movie to explain stuff well one of the things we were talking about also was um because in as you and i were getting to the the magnumverse magnumverse trademark <laughs> that there were crossovers Right. You know, and we're not going to get into the crossovers, but yeah, there was an intended quantum leap crossover where Sam Beckett <laughs> leaps into Tom Magnum, Magnum. Yes. Tom Magnum, a Simon and Simon crossover 
Okay. And a murder she wrote. And a murder she wrote, you know. And, uh, and that's just one of the charms. You said you didn't she... want to get into it. No, but... no, no. But all I'm saying is like the, what I'm drawing out of it is that this is one of the charms of shared universes. Right. And why these things sell like hotcakes now. Because it's t- – well, who was it that said uh, oh, these are these are really great TV shows but in movie form, you know? Like... Basically. <laughs> it's a return to the serialized form mm-hmm. that comic books and this adventure stuff had for a long time. Um, in which, you know, only now, (laughs) gentlemen, gentlemen, please save that juice. Please come back next time as we continue this episode of to be continued a fanboy podcast. And as always, please visit us at to be continued a fanboy podcast.com. Hey guys, thanks for listening to To Be Continued, a fanboy podcast. Our website is www.tobecontinuedafanboypodcast. Check us out on iTunes, Google Play, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.